Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and am a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez, and today I'm excited to talk to you about coaching versus counseling. So as we get started here, the reason that I'm uh, I'm starting with this this topic that I want to explore this topic is it's something I find myself getting asked a lot. Um, since I'm a trauma therapist, I do intensive outpatient trauma treatment and have done that for, for over 16 years and have recently gone into doing coaching as well. And so that can leave people wondering what's coaching, what's counseling, what's the difference between the two. And in particular, particularly what, what do I need at this point in my life where, wherever I am, you know? And so we just want to, I want to explore that with you so that you can get some insight. Um, I think we're used to hearing the term counseling and anymore used to hearing the term coaching. There are a lot of, a lot of things that that can apply to. Sometimes people say life coaching. Sometimes people, there's um, financial coaching, there's health coaching. There's a lot of different kind of coaching that people do that's outside of the realm of sports, right? Which we're all familiar with. So let's start off with counseling because that's something that's um, very formally defined. There are actually in each one of the, the states of the United States, there is a counselor board that does the licensing. And so there's certain academic requirements necessary, um, most typically at, at least for the, for um, professional counseling, it, there's a requirement of a master's and a master's degree and a certain amount of supervision under somebody else who's already licensed. And um, they just want to make sure that you know what you're doing. And, and there are certain requirements to renew that license every couple of years. They're continuing education, um, seminars, and courses that a therapist has to take in order to renew their license. And so there's a board, right? So it's governed and um, things, there's, things are overseen. And those boards, the, the definition of counseling that's defined by those boards, um, the definition of counseling is the diagnosis and treatment of mental and emotional disorders. And um, that's important. That's important for us to know because that, that sets out very clear parameters. So the, if, if we're diagnosing somebody as um, having generalized anxiety disorder or general depression or post-traumatic stress disorder or personality disorder or um, attention deficit disorder or whatever the case might be, um, a counselor is, is educated and capable of, of doing that, capable of, um, of making that diagnosis and also providing the treatment for it. And some therapists, of course, have greater 
experience in one area over another or um, and greater sense of comfort, just oftentimes because of that experience and um, just natural inclination to provide counseling for, you know, for myself, I've done intensive trauma therapy, that's traumas, my, my wheelhouse, easily my wheelhouse. Um, something that would be less my wheelhouse would be eating disorders, not something that I um, have a lot of personal experience with, or a lot of professional experience. Um, I've I received all the education, but it's just kind of outside the realm, but I am qualified to do that. So, <clears throat> so we have um, the diagnosis, that's the diagnosis, and then the treatment, right? The treatment of those disorders that also falls under counseling. So when there's a certain amount of dysfunction, the person not being able to function, and it's so disruptive that it rises to the level of this meets the diagnostic criteria for whatever particular disorder, um, diagnosing that and treating that is part of counseling. So, so let's dig in. What, what does that actually mean? So that you could equate that, um, kind of look at it compared to on the physical level, right? So somebody, uh, having a sprained ankle or a broken bone or a burn or, needing stitches or something like that, right? A doctor would diagnose that and, um, and then an, another medical professional or maybe the same doctor or whatever would treat that. So you have the diagnosis and treatment of this particular, um, this particular problem that, that where it rises to the level where I need to bring a professional in here to, to help me deal with this because it needs a little extra attention, a little extra help. There's no shame about that. It's just what needs to happen. And it's actually more of a problem if we don't, if we don't deal with it, right? If we walk around on a broken leg, that becomes seriously problematic and, and can even do long-term damage. So compare that to coaching. So what is coaching? Like, let's look at that. First of all, there's no definition of it because there's no board that governs coaching. There's no certain amount of educational requirement and there's no, um, there's no process of certifying somebody by an official board to, to do coaching. There's nobody who's going to, um, who's going to correct a coach because again, there's no governing board for that. Like there is for counseling. And so, um, but under the, the realm of coaching, what, what might fit within that, um, would be things that were, did not rise to the level of requiring counseling. So let's again, put it to an analogy of something on the physical level, because that can just help us see things in a very concrete kind of way. So say I want to learn to dive and, um, and so I need a diving coach. And so I, I find a diving coach and the person's saying, no, you don't want to quite stand like that. And no, you kind of want to arch more and you want to lunge more and you want to, you know, whatever. Um, or you want to, you know, do your, if I'm doing off a high dive, like, you know, your flips in this certain way or, or whatever the case might be. So they're providing a little bit of instruction, maybe a little bit of guidance, a little bit of um, kind of steering, a little bit of correcting, like, oops, no, a little too much over there. Oh, you may want to think about this. Like, this is how you do that. So they're more of providing the instruction. So if you can, if you compare that to, um, to what I look at myself as, is um, if I'm providing coaching is more of like, um, 
healing wellness relationship coaching. So, um, so, so health, wellness, and relationships, what, what that would be like is like, well, this is the way you relate in a healthy way. Okay. So here's how you want to communicate. These are the things you want to communicate, the times at which you want to communicate. Um, if you have some, some more minor ways that, you know, you're kind of experiencing difficulty in functioning, um, up to, you know, in a way that's peaceful and, and has a sense of freedom and, and joy about it. Um, then it can provide you some, some ideas of things that, um, <clears throat> that might help you, uh, kind of, you know, just kind of steer the ship like, Oh, a little too much over there, too much over there. Like this is, this is going to help things go more smoothly. Right. So, um, so again, much like a diving coach. So a little bit of advice, a little bit of suggestions, a little bit of just information, education, um, a lot of ways being a sounding board and, um, providing some, even some tips, some strategies, some tools, some, um, some real practical things. Like these are some simple ways that you, uh, that you can stretch. These are some simple ways that you might shave some time off of if you're trying to run a mile in a faster amount of time. So, um, so that would be physical coach and more health wellness relationship coaching would be, Hey, here's some strategies where that I think you might get, um, some use out of, I think they can help things in, you know, as you're looking to set goals, as you're looking to relate more healthily, as you're looking for a greater sense of freedom in your relationship with the Lord and the ability to be authentic with yourself and with him. These are some things that I think are going to help you to get to that point. So, so those things belong to the area of coaching. Um, when we're really struggling in a significant way, and there's a particular stuckness about it. And you know, that's not a word I've made that word up and it really works. So that's why I'm stuck with the word stuckness. So, um, when we find ourselves really repeating behaviors, um, over and over again, you know, the, again, the definition we hear it so often, the definition of insanity is, um, doing something that, um, that we know doesn't work and expecting a different result continuing to do that behavior. So when we find ourselves continuing in patterns of behavior, ways of relating where it's almost like we're living out a dynamic that's not even present in front of us, we're living out the same scenario over and over again. When we find ourselves doing that, despite knowing what the right thing, the more healthy thing is to do, and yet we find ourselves unable to operate in a different way, we know this isn't right. We know this isn't good. We know that we've tried the strategies as best we can. We've tried to apply those things. And yet it feels like the movie Groundhog's Day where it's the same thing over and over again, that it feels like this particular pain is so much that, um, that I really cannot tolerate it. I really need extra level of help with this because, um, it's, more than just trying to shave time off of running a mile. It's more along the lines of, I think this bone might be fractured, or I think I might need, um, you know, an MRI, or I might need this bone set or cast or, or whatever the case might be. Then that rises to the level where one would need counseling. So some other questions I get along with what is coaching, what's counseling is um, some other terms that, we, that get thrown around. 
a lot nowadays are trauma therapy. And I know I've mentioned that a number of times that I'm a trauma therapist. So trauma therapy in general, there are, there are numerous different approaches to treating trauma um, and doesn't really require anything of somebody um, to say they're a trauma therapist. They could, um, I've, I've known counselors to call themselves trauma therapists or say they specialize in trauma, which only meant that they have a lot of people with trauma on their caseload. Um, if you're looking for somebody with more specialty in trauma, in treating trauma, then you would want to look for trauma certifications, right? So, and find out what, what method they practice and kind of what their track record is. Try to, try to gauge that, try to get them to give you feedback. If you can read testimonials on their website, things like that, that's going to help you understand not just, um, have they received the education and received the training, but are they actually able to implement these strategies and tools and techniques in a way that actually gets, get results. So, um, and then finally we get to the level of intensive trauma therapy and it's quite unfortunate that those three words elicit so much fear in people because it's actually profoundly peaceful process. The particular method of treatment that I provide, um, in intensive trauma therapy is, um, profoundly effective. Intensive just means that it's a whole bunch of sessions compressed into a small amount of time. So intensive trauma therapies, um, like a week of trauma therapy, um, depending on the age of the person for an adult, that would be, um, like three hour session in the morning, three hour session in the afternoon, uh, for Monday through Friday. But the advantage of intensive is that you really build up momentum. You really build up, um, it's kind of like, you know, if you were going to dig a hole in your backyard, you wanted to dig a three foot hole and you decide I'm going to dig this three foot hole, but I'm going to dig down five inches every week until I reach that three foot point. And so you put on your old work clothes and work boots and roll up your sleeves and, and you get out there with the shovel and rake the area clean and go to start digging and you dig down those five inches and then you go inside and you change your clothes and go back to what you were doing and then go back out a week later. And now who knows what's blown into that five inches in the last week. And so now you're doing the same process of putting on grungy clothes and getting the shovel out and digging back down. Maybe it takes you half an hour to, to even get back to the point where you, um, where you ended last week. And now you're trying to dig another five inches additionally. So, but the, the advantage of intensive is much like if you just put on your, your dirty grungy clothes and you went out and you dug those three feet of dirt out all in one shot. So it's a little more work up front, but you make that progress, um, a lot more quickly, a lot more smoothly, a lot more, you know, just kind of get in that zone and you get in there and you, you get it done and you get on with living your life from a place of peace and joy and freedom instead of a standpoint of coping and living out of the oftentimes um, very ineffective, more, much more painful ways that tend to actually um, perpetuate the cycle of trauma where we're continuing to, to hurt others or get hurt. And, um, and it just kind of keeps us more in, in a survival mode instead of in a thriving mode. So, 
another another question I get oftentimes is what's the role of faith? If you're I'm a Catholic therapist, so what does that mean? What does that look like? And I've always said that being a Catholic therapist should affect me, whether it affects um, directly my clients or not. So what I mean by that is it's not the role of counseling to proselytize. So when when I'm out doing healing missions, when I'm out doing speaking, um, when I'm doing workshops on human and spiritual integration, even when I'm doing my podcast, I can very much speak in a very overt, very open way about faith and, and all things spiritual. And that's really my passion. Um, but when somebody seeks me out as a therapist, um, say if they're a person, if they're not a person of faith, or if they're a person of a different faith, or a different denomination, or or just really in a spot of questioning, then it it really does not matter. It's my role as a therapist to do therapy with them, not to evangelize them. And so, but being a Catholic person of faith, that impacts me, right? And so, what that means for me is that. I reverence this person. I see them as a person with dignity. I see that God's value for them is so tremendous that he poured himself out for them. And so I approach them with that degree of reverence and respect and compassion, hopefully intending as best I can to have the same degree of compassion and mercy for him um, or for them that he has for me and, um, and really trying to provide that. And, but it, it's not my role to evangelize somebody. However, if a person of faith comes in, and even maybe it's a, a Catholic person of faith, where their faith, they're very active in their faith, and faith is very important to them, and they really want the spiritual dimension to be part of the treatment process, then, um, and, and we discuss that, and that's very open, then, then that's every bit something that, um, that can get pulled into the sessions, because um, because we, if we're people of faith, we know that we're made body, mind, and spirit. And so opening things up, um, the, the client opening up that spiritual, um, realm to me saying like, let's talk about how my problems with my father impact how I see God, the father, or boy, I know that my painful relationship with my mother has really impacted how I see our lady and my ability to relate to her or, or, boy, I know that what I experienced as a child really makes me not want to experience powerlessness. And so I really struggle to surrender to the Lord and to let God be God. So we can really dive into that dimension as well. It gives me permission, but that that permission needs to come from the client. It is not my job to evangelize the person, try to coerce them or trick them into into a relationship with the Lord. It's my job to do the work of therapy, much like it would be the job of, um, you know, whatever medical doctor to, to treat what's in front of them. Now, of course, I always pray for my clients. Um, I've always done that, even since before becoming licensed, always prayed for all my clients, past, present, and future, all my retreat participants. And um, so, so I'm always praying and I'm always um, seeking to have my faith affect me directly, regardless of if it um, is something that gets brought into a session. So I hope that clarifies that. Sometimes I, I um, would, I fear, and I would never want it to affect a client going for treatment because they're not sure how they feel about their relationship with the Lord. 
or they're afraid that if they come, um, if they go to um, to a, a Christian or a Catholic therapist, that faith is going to be something that's forced upon them, or um, certainly would would hope that it would never be true that um, that a client would would feel judged um, because they were seeing a person of faith. It should absolutely always be to the contrary that a person of a Christian, especially um, if they come see me, hoping that they would have an experience of mercy and an experience of compassion. So hopefully that clarifies the role of being a Christian counselor, being a Catholic counselor, um, what intensive trauma therapy is, trauma therapy, and differentiating for you between counseling and coaching. Um, a lot of terms that get thrown around, and hopefully this will help you navigate what you might need in order to reach that that freedom and that joy and that peace that the Lord has for you. So, and if you have any questions about that, that'd be something to explore possibly with a therapist or a coach. Um, and certainly if, if you have any questions about that, you're welcome to contact me. Um, and my website is sacredhearthealingministries.com. You can reach me there or email me directly, margaret at sacredhearthealingministries.com. And if you're interested in um, books, they're available on Amazon. The first book on trauma, More Than Words, The Freedom to Thrive After Trauma. And my second book, Fearless, Abundant Life Through Infinite Love, both available on Amazon. And if you're interested in human and spiritual integration workshops or um, healing missions for your parish or your group, feel free to, to get a hold of me by way of my website. So um, hopefully this helps you to determine how to seek the Lord. And I just really encourage you because there is so much peace, joy, and freedom that the Lord has for you. If there's anything I've become convinced of over the last 16 years of, as a as a counselor and my 17 years prior to that in my own therapy, one thing that I've become completely convinced of is the Lord wants his people free. So seek that freedom. It is possible. May the Lord give you peace. Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, please go to sacredhearthealingministries.com.